One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now. Whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremoval.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremoval.com. Welcome to the Frankie Lee Podcast, coming live to you from the best art studio in Melbourne. I've got the legend herself, international artist, Danielle Weber, in her own art studio with some absolute... This is why you should watch on YouTube, guys, because we've got some unbelievable pieces of art. Kobe Bryant, Biggie Smalls, Muhammad Ali behind me. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming here. No, I'm, I'm, gla- I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad we because um, we were going to do it because I've got a, obviously an apartment in Melbourne to do podcasts this this next few days. But I'm glad we came to the art studio because it just it really does bring out the quality of your work and everything that you're doing. But you can feel the energy in here. It's yeah. a pretty cool space. It's creative, isn't it? It's yeah, creative. I'm very. It's a very private space, but um, I'm grateful to like share it with the small amount of people that I do share it with. Shall I let cool. you into a secret? What? You are the first woman on the podcast in probably the last 40 episodes. Really? Yeah, because I went on a bit of a break from having women on the podcast. Cause yeah. I was, I, I, it's really hard to fi- to find. It's not hard to find inspiring women, but it's mm. really hard to find inspiring women that want to talk and share and mm. and and inspire others. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. To, the, on a podcast. It's terms. quite daunting, so I can understand that, definitely. Yeah. It's taken a while to get comfortable with being like at the forefront of my brand and me and just opening up and being raw. It's just like vulnerability, like it's not easy. So I know, and especially ju- when you have a voice like this, and you've, and you've literally ju- <laughs> you're not sounding very good. <laughs> yeah, but you've literally you've literally just flown back from what was it uh, from New, New York? From New York, because you've just been with The Rock. Yeah, because you just delivered this latest piece to him. Yes, unbelievable! Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Obviously, how are you feeling about that? Ah, uh, look, it's been such a whirlwind of a few weeks, so. I feel like I've learned now to approach like the highs and the lows. Like I definitely had the high and a little bit of a low coming home. Um, how am I feeling now? I've sort of withheld from posting my content just to protect my energy and sort of regroup and then um, I guess ap- approach the whirlwind that it will be when I sort of let everything loose because not everyone really knows what's going on yet. So I've kept it under wraps. So, I know this, and I'm, so I'm bracing myself. <laughs> and I'm, I'm hyped. This is the first podcast yes. you're doing on this topic. Hopefully, the last podcast you're doing on this topic. Too. <laughs> but let's take it. Let's take it way back because I want to give. Because um, obviously, the way the way I see your life is, and and the way I'm trying to create my life is, obviously, I'm doing something I'm passionate about mm. in the creative space with this podcast, and I see you living your. You are living your. You are living even my dream because you're making money out of doing something that you're passionate about. Yeah. And it's something that I think a lot of people and a lot of listeners out there that listen to this want to find what, you know, how to do that for themselves. Of course, yeah. And, and they struggle. But I want to take you way back to see how this has all unfolded, to give people that insight. So how, what was it like for you growing up as a child? Were, were you always like artistic? Was there always some kind of flair within what you were doing that you kind of knew you were coming onto this path? Or how did that all come about? 
Yeah, definitely. I think growing up, like, I mean, you would know too, we didn't have much technology about when we were growing up. So, you know, it was me playing with Play-Doh, drawing, and I'd just sort of be copying. If my brother was drawing, I'd be next to him just copying what he was doing. So it definitely started from like two or three years old that I was, it was anything hands-on. Cooking, I loved cooking, loved being in the kitchen. Didn't You're re- definitely a feeder because you couldn't stop trying to feed me food. <laughs> since I've, been, you know, I've been here like literally what forty five minutes. Yeah, and you've you've asked me if I wanted to go to the snack drawer six times. <laughs> Everyone like I'm in, like I'm an advocate for my snack drawer. Like you have to. It's the, it's the, it's the Italian it's the Italian in you that does you just that. You give know? I don't know. It's it's like more awkward to not like be like hey do you want a drink do you want a coffee? So and I guess yeah that that's that's a, um, a good segue into the fact that I. Grew up in like a humorous and loving and really sort of supportive family. My mum and dad are both very creative. Um, I guess culturally, food was a big thing as well. And that's all like, that's all creative. So, how, how big was that Italian element in, in terms of like f- for your upbringing? Was it because obviously with the culture and the Italian culture, it's very much like you, you're with your family and, 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 you know, with your close friends and it's, they're kind of, it's very, very inclusive, isn't it? Like, definitely. I'm very fortunate that. Uh, I, I'm going to say this in the most diplomatic way pro- um, possible. My nonno, my nonna made the decision to move away from a lot of the family that they were living near in Melbourne. And because of that, like my mum went to university, which back then for a woman, you know, even driving and doing things like that, it wasn't the norm. You were staying home and, and cooking and cleaning and looking after your family. So the fact that my mum sort of set that, Oh, set that narrative for myself and my sister was huge. So the fact that they sort of – we still had the culture ingrained in us, but um, it was definitely a different story for myself and my sister and for, you know, compared to a lot of other Italian women back then. My nonna still doesn't drive. Really? No. So um, so I'm very grateful for my mum. Like I think it would, definitely wouldn't have been easier, especially growing up quite poor and actually supporting her family. Were, were they quite poor because obviously they were the first generation that arrived? Yeah, or? yep, yep. And it was like sort of farming and um, there was a language barrier as well. When mum was born, she was obviously born into um, speaking Italian. So when she went to school, she was bullied and... You know, she didn't know how to speak English. She learned yeah. English at school. I mean, so. you, you see a lot of that in England with a lot of like the um, the, the kids at school that come in from like the Eastern Bloc yes. countries that you know yeah. come into England and all that stuff and trying to integrate and trying to speak languages. I mean, so isolating. It, yeah, it, yeah. Might, it must. Were you multilingual from when you right the way no. through? No, no, no. Really? Very, very. I'm not not happy with my parents for that because I feel like it's so much easier to learn when you're a kid. Do you reckon your mum took away that Italian, you speaking Italian, because she didn't want you to go through what she had been Probably, through? Probably, potentially, yeah. And I think she just had a pretty rough like upbringing, so I think um, that she just wanted our storyline to be a little bit different, I guess. So, uh, but I'm grateful for that because you know, for whatever. Like even the religious pathway, like my parents decided not to baptise or christen us, which for like growing up in a Catholic, strict Catholic family, my dad was strict Protestant. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So. But it's, but they just, I think your mum kind of saw that she wanted you to have a different kind of life to what she, she had yeah. had. And she kind of wanted to split from that narrative yeah. that had always been in. That's a very brave woman to Huge. do that. Yeah. And the, and the opportunity that then came from that for us it's, it's like I know how close your family are because, like, even when we walked in here earlier, you're like, "Oh, my mom and dad have been in here and cleaned up my art shoot," yeah, because you know, they knew you were coming back late and yeah. all this and yeah. that is very that's so supportive. I felt that was fucking beautiful when yeah. you told me that, like, because it kind of touched my heart a little the bit. Cleaning fairies, yeah, because <laughs> it, it's good though because a lot yeah. of 
that's something that I find in society today is, is missing a lot. There's that 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 element where where yeah. the family kind of supports each other. Or people are ashamed. Like some people say to me, like, "Oh, you're 30 and you're still, you know, really close with your parents." And I was like, "They are my best friends. I prefer to hang out with them than most of my friends." So, and they understand. Like they get my journey. They understand me. They're there through the highs and the lows. So. I guess that's the first element that you, that you've had that maybe not everyone gets in. I think mm. you, from what you just said there, you've had the support yeah. from 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 day dot to facilitate whatever your dream was. Is that correct? Of course. Like I would not have any of this. Everyone knows that being a creative is not the easiest easiest pathway to take. So had I not had their support, there's no way I would have been able to break down all those barriers and overcome all the roadblocks and the 10 like grueling years that it's still the unknown if you're going to make anything of it. Um, you know, I'm so fortunate. I had a roof over my head and I still have the support from them. So whereas a lot of people don't have that and I, and I get that. And because it is such a roller coaster, if those other life factors aren't working for you, it makes it really hard to freely create and actually produce your best work. So it's all yeah, because like you, because you're always worried about like generating money 100%. or this yeah. that, and the other. Yeah. And I suppose as, a, as as a creative, you have to go the the five to ten years, like like yeah. what I'm enduring, where you don't make a dollar, where but where you're putting everything into 100%. it. Yeah, you know, before it pays you back. I say that to other artists who like I'm going to use this term. It's very Australian. But other artists who are like, oh, how do you do so much? And I feel like I'm not doing enough. And I say like I'm kissed on the dick. Like I say, like, I literally <laughs> say that because I get that because I have so much support. Yeah. Uh, and that's like the easiest way I can explain it because I really am. You know? I was not expecting this. <laughs> You're like, whoa. I was like, k- kissed yeah. on the dick. Yeah, it's, it's probably not it's the happened. most politically correct way to say it. But no, I'm really very, very supported and very much supported. So from my partner, from my friends, they understand if I go missing for months on end and I don't see them. You know, I miss girls. I miss girls dinner a couple of times because they didn't and they didn't even know that I was like jumping on a plane to New York until it happened so and they went turn around and be like oh what you didn't tell me I just didn't have the capacity to so yeah because yeah. you had to turn that around in in a short period of time didn't it was you? five days I did six days I did about 100 hours in six days that's some crazy I want to talk about that but I want to talk about some of the things that your family did to support you in that journey mm-hmm. because I think that's really important um, so people can identify what they kind of need from need to ask from their family mm. to be able to you know support their creative journey whatever their journey is yeah we've even got someone at the door right now looking through as we're doing the podcast but but uh oh Tama, bless <laughs> he's, he's knocking yeah he's knocking but um yeah just give me give me a bit of an insight into into that yeah um so i guess back to when i was two three years old always drew very much supported um the fact that didn't have technology meant that it was anything hands-on so basically in like I started painting when I was nine ten years old I at school I was very much encouraged to do art was very rebellious in school hung out with the wrong people didn't spend much time at school at all uh, what what kind of made you rebellious though in terms of like hanging around with the wrong people because obviously your mm, your family your family were giving you a lot family. Of, good family yeah. lot, lot of support what was the kind of driver that dri- drove you into something whether or not it's some people aren't made for school and potentially like I was very good at school I wasn't you know book smart I was pretty book smart as well um, maybe I wasn't quite getting what I needed creatively like I wasn't feeling that fire I'm not quite sure I've never been able to really pinpoint what made me go down that path you know I was around drugs and alcohol at quite a young age 
Um, what kind of drugs were you around? Uh, I was smoking a lot of weed at like 14, 15 years old. Um, people doing like speed and pills around me. I never did that at that age. Um, I'm, I'm pretty lucky that I was never really much – I wasn't much of a follower. Uh, so I made my decisions early. I have dabbled, but um, I haven't touched a drug in nearly eight years now. So I made that decision back then. So no weed, nothing. Has your art got better since you came away from drugs? Like, yeah, has more your, clarity and more consistency. Clarity. Yep. Because sometimes uh, I know some artists use like mushrooms and stuff yeah. to, to to go into and get creative. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So like you I, c- you can you, and obviously that's not a really. I don't see that as a drug. I see it as a plant medicine. But, of course. But it's kind of like is that something you dabble with to get creative? I feel like I don't want to open that can of words because worms because I know a lot of artists that perhaps think that they can only be in their best flow state when they are using or they are, you know, on mushrooms and things like that. So each to their own, but I like to be able to create in like my most pure self and not rely on any other substances, if that makes sense. Yeah. So even I don't drink and paint either. Because That's I a rule s- that I have. Because I suppose then that the essence of even this Kobe, mm. that, that has come from your purest self when mm. you've painted that. And the yeah. same with Biggie, same with yeah. Muhammad Ali. Is that kind of what you're of saying? Of course, like whether I'm battling, you know, mentally at that point in time, like I think it all is an extension of like your being at that point in time. Whereas if I feel like I'm influenced by drugs or alcohol – I just don't think that's reality for me. I think it takes you away from that reality. So, but everyone's different. You see, uh, and you no know, judgment for anyone who does do that. No, th- yeah. When you when you've obviously gone through that 14, 15, 16 year old stage, when you yeah. left school, did you go straight into art? So, I my mum got sick when I was like sixteen. I think that was a bit of a kick in the ass to realise. I'm like, yeah, okay, maybe I need to. Clean myself up and stop sick, hanging. Sick in what um, she way? had cancer. Um, she's all good now. She's been fine. She's been in remission for a long time now. Uh, but I think at that age, and even though I was hanging around with the wrong people, I never strayed too far from my roots. Like family was always there. I didn't shut them out. Uh, and then I had a friend who actually made me pick up a paintbrush again. Who was I was probably about seventeen at that point. And when I went to leave school. Mum and dad are like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to do health sciences because I actually did pretty well with like our enter score, I think, or ATAR, whatever they call it now. I got like nearly 90 and I was like, oh, I do have a brain. Maybe I should use it. That nearly tripped me up because I did so well. I was like, oh, maybe right, I should do yeah, yeah. like health sciences. Because now you're getting caught in the score yeah, system. Exactly. So I was like, oh, you know, if I did, maybe I should, you know, if I've done well, maybe I should use my brain and do something that's like worthy at that point, I'd been told, you're not going to make a living out of an artist. My school was very academically driven. Uh, the fact that I was doing like sport and rec and a lot of sport outside of school too was a bit like, um, you know, not not like frowned upon, but it wasn't the norm. I was definitely sort of pushing those boundaries at that age as well. What, what would you say to that art, artistic young woman or young man out there that perhaps doesn't have the backing but's getting told there's no money in this and people are trying to tell them to go down the more sensible path right now mm. and they're at that point right now whether at this whether at this literal crossroads yeah. what would you what what would your advice be to them at that age it's yeah. very hard it's very very hard because if you don't have that support too because a lot of parents what we've got to realize is are saying get the safe job go do law, go do medicine, go do something that's going to pay the bills. You don't know. There's the unknown that's like, what you know, lingering around from being a creator. But I would just say to them, you know deep down what you like, maybe not what's destined for you, but you know what's going to fuel your fire. So if you know that, then you just need to push 
push forward and overcome all of those, you know, people who are saying, no, you can't do it. Uh, but at that age, that's very, very hard. And perhaps you do need to explore other options to realize that, that you're not happy or, and I know a lot of people who have, they've tried this, they've tried that. And then they've always, you know, sort of circled back to what they know is going to fulfill them. The safety element is something that baffles me and I want I want a lot of you that listen to get what I'm about to drop right now it's simply this right there's if you think there's safety in letting other people pick your your mm. destiny then then you 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 are mistaken by mm. by a massive amount the biggest piece of safety I'd say that you can have in life and I don't know whether you agree is like back yourself 100%. because at the end of the day you you you, you know what you can do yeah at, at all times you know 100%. there's, there's I've, I've been through many Many times in my life where I've been doubted, yeah. whether it be, you know, as a boxing trainer, whether it be as a, as a podcaster, whether you, whether it's been you, like yeah. you, you got doubted no end of oh. times, right? I think we still, it's only normal to still doubt yourself as well. Like, I don't know. I, I, I definitely the self doubt has become less and less apparent, but I think it all parts of my journey, there's still some sort of element of doubt, which still fuels you as well. So perhaps if there is that doubt, like use it as fire, like use it as your fuel. But what you did from an early day is you took action on what you wanted to do and of then ju- and then just let it roll. And you didn't, you didn't try and, you, I don't think you tried to force it into what no. it is now. I think you've literally like, it's just. It's evolved. It's evolved mm-hmm. and you are where you are and, exactly. you'll, and you'll be, in 10 years time, you'll be, you, God knows, you might have an art gallery in New York for, yeah. for all that me and you know right now because that's how an artist creates. Yeah. You can't yeah. plan that shit, can yeah. you? Yeah. But was there any t- was there any type of like, did you did you like have a vision board? Did you have goals? Or what did you do to kind of, did you have any of that in place? So I probably missed a pivotal part in that story that my parents were like, you're going to study art. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to study art. So they pushed me to study art. I didn't like studying art, but had I not, I probably wouldn't, I would have stopped painting and it wouldn't be a part of my life at all. So I did a double degree in health sciences and arts. Right. So. How did it feel though at that time when you didn't want to do it being, did you feel kind of, did you kind of feel like they were just like pushing you into it? Uh, yeah, there was some sort of resentment, I think. Not resentment, but I was just a bit like, oh, am I doing this? It's going to be a waste of my time. You feel like, you know, at that age, you're like, oh, I'm getting older. And you don't realise that, like, time, like, what is time, honestly? You get, like, even when people are like, oh, it's too late to start something, they're 40. I'm like, it's early. Time, time, like, time, <laughs> time's another thing that's a, con- yeah. it's a construct. Yeah. It's yeah. a construct. You, you, people construct, it's been constructed by humans, yeah. time. Because yeah. time never used to exist no. any, any more than money used no, to exist. No, exactly. So it's all, it's all created. It's all about what, you, it's what you, it's about what you make it. Yeah. This is why, like, you know, when you look at, when you look at brands like uh, KFC, you know, Colonel Sanders, he started that when he was like 75 mm. or something. Yeah. You know, you're like, dog. <laughs> it's, it's, like it's like my G. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Like, yeah. what's, what's going on? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, so, so yeah, the the patience, like it's not as if I was like, oh my God, I rush and set these goals and I want to do this. I took my time to do my course. It was five years. I built up my business. As you said, it wasn't like, I'm going to do this now. It evolved. I worked on my craft. I worked on myself, worked on personal growth through travel, through experiencing different cultures, broken relationships, abusive relationships, toxic relationships. And... Mm, that like it's been a twelve year journey. So where I am now, from when I first started uni, it's been twelve years. Obviously, like all parts of your of of your life that come to you are are parts that are meant to show you something about yourself, something you're going to improve. What 
part of yourself do you believe from your childhood attracted abusive relationships into your life? Um, I definitely had a temper. It was like some sort of real anger. Um, I'm not sure. I definitely don't have that about me now. It's like, poof, it's gone. Um, and probably just the the menace in me that always wanted something like exciting and fun and adventurous. Um, and to be honest with you, like my partner is the complete opposite of that now. He's like the most beautiful soul and we both have a really loving and nurturing relationship. So classic example that you can turn that around from like what you put out is what you attract. I've had to do a lot of work, but yeah, definitely had a temper and just – the decisions when you when you say abusive, do you mean was it was it mentally abusive or physically abusive or uh, like emotional, all of the above, really, from a young age, yeah. Um, 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 and what what was that to you like? Just trying to shut down your creativity and trying to make you feel less than you were as a woman. And I wasn't creative in those periods, really, at all. And do you feel that was because of because of you, of being kept down by this negative energy? Uh or the latter, like whether or not because I wasn't being creative, that's n- like I wasn't attractive, attracting that positive energy. So it could be either we could look at it from both angles, so I guess. if there's someone listening to this that has a partner that is that negative energy to them mm. and they're listening to this and they want to blow up their business or they want to blow up their creativity, how can any man or woman listening to this from your experience um, – love themselves enough to take them out of that situation how did you get out of that situation what what was the what was the key point in that like you being able to exit that situation I there was a few pivotal moments where um, mum said a few things to me and I looked at my life at that point and I was having I couldn't even go to uni I was like having anxiety attacks in the car uh, I was saying to mum like I can't finish my degree and I had this moment where I was in my car and I was like having the, I couldn't breathe. I, had the, I was in the middle of an anxiety attack. I missed my classes for the day. And I think I just looked into the future and I was like, I need to eliminate anything that is going to make my life like this moving forward. And how do I, like, do I value myself? Because if I value myself and where I want to be, then these are decisions that I was 20, 22 at this point, I think. And... I I was like, okay, what are the things that trigger me? It's like drug use, um, like anger and toxic relationships and lack of communication and mistrust. And so I made that decision at 22 that like what I wanted my life to look like and having people who didn't support that or didn't like fit that. Um, I needed to get rid of so it was really hard because I was in a, a relationship with a really beautiful person at that t- time it was, just, it was just so toxic for me toxic for each other um, and so did so am I right in thinking then that you you probably had either some maybe masculine wounds within you or feminine Definitely. wounds and then he had some he had the opposite so as a counteract because I had a relationship with a girl in 2021 where it before I'd done the work on my my internal yeah. self, I had I had a wound with feminine energy, and yeah. she was bringing a wound with masculine energy, and then we meet in the middle. It's toxic Clash. as fuck. Toxic yeah. as fuck. Yep. Yep. Was yep. that was that, that that kind of what you're saying? Um, pro. I can't. I, I don't know if I can depict if it was like fem, feminine, masculine. Probably like 
control is a big thing for me. Like I'm definitely a bit of a control freak in the fact that I was getting that like control from the masculine side as well because I'm a very free spirit. And I need that spirit to be free. Otherwise, I just well, shut you, down. You need you need that that spirit to be able to flow with your art. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I know. I can't. I can't. From this, like looking outside in, I'm not sure because I do have a fair bit of masculine energy as well. So whether or not that was clashing masculine, masculine, um, I've definitely found my more feminine, softer side as the years have gone on. My partner's brought the best out of me for that. But we had to do a lot of work in the early days, well, both you, of us. You, well, you and this current partner? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was not in a good place when we met. Really? <laughs> I what? thought I was. I'd definitely done a lot of work and I'd been alone for a little bit, but um, the anxiety was still really... Um, what do you feel was real. causing that anxiety, though? Um, I definitely found my triggers and that, yeah, it's like control and being shut down and not being able to communicate and feeling trapped. Um, in myself or in a relationship. So communication is a big thing. And if as long as I can just let it out, talk about it, move on, we don't need to argue about it. We just have a conversation. And f- feeling like that I can have a conversation about it and it's not bottling up inside me. Do you feel like your current partner's allowed you the support to be able to facilitate you being able to feel that way? Definitely. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. He's done a lot of work too, so... Yeah, yeah. I suppose, uh, and that, that's right. You meet people in life to kind of to kind of facilitate to facilitate that growth, and it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like a you have to go through the the toxic things to be able to. Hundred percent. So for anyone, as your question, for anyone that is in that, yeah, you cannot build an empire. You cannot create freely or build a business to the best of your ability. It is a hard journey, as you know. If you don't have that support, if you have a toxic relationship and all of your other external factors in life aren't you know nurturing and beautiful and positive it is you're gonna have roadblocks at every left right and center so and and like believe in yourself or know that there's so many other people out there it's so hard it's easier to stay sometimes and leave but you're not gonna see your full potential if you've got those things holding you back it's it's one of my non-negotiables is the fact of like whoever Mm. i i i whoever it becomes a partner of mine in the future has yep. to be fully supportive of what my vision is for this podcast and for everything I'm doing. Yeah. Otherwise you're just not going to fit in. No. Because the way you down, I'm not going to, I'm not going to forgo my dream mm-hmm. to facilitate lowering the energy state. Cause yeah. like I, 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 I you're the same because yeah. when I walked in here, me and you are just like two energies. Like, <laughs> boom, boom, big exposure. Because, because we're both, we're both in this full, it's like it sounds weird, but like you can you can see energy around yeah, you. Yeah, you can see energy around. The vision's people. not here; it's like here. Yeah, so, so yeah, and it's mm. it's like when that comes together, it just fucking bangs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like you want to be around high vibe people. And that's why people like us cross paths. Yeah, because yeah. because because the, the, because people people will suggest people that are at the same energy so yeah. that so that they can come yeah. and put something together, right? It's, yeah. That, so what I'm essentially trying to say to all of you that are listening to this today is like if you've got your energy lowered because you're around people, whether it be friends, whether it be family that are negative influences mm. on you, mm. that stops you being able to attract the opportunities in business, the opportunities mm. in life, the perfect partners, all that stuff. Yeah. And, that's, and, that, and then that keeps you in this negative spiral where you're, yeah. where you're kind of like, because imagine your life is like a wheel, right? And yeah. it's, it's like that. And, then, and you've got like, you know, relationships and you've got work and you've got business and you've got everything in the, And then you've got one scored at a five out of 10 and one scored at, it's, the wheel's not equal now. No. It can't, it can't flow. Yeah. And that's, life is all about flow. Of course. The 100%. more flow you have, the more what go you put you out have. is what you get back. 100%. But let's bring it forward. So, 
you, you you've set the business up now at this point you you you're rolling through life did you did you have a, did you have a little gallery at this point or what was what was going on no so uh i started just posting a few pieces on facebook back then and then i was like oh you went like since when do you paint people from school they're like you just ripped that out of your ass like where'd that come from <laughs> i was really sporty at school like that was my main thing uh and yeah like one thing led to another I think I sold my first painting for $40. Then I started getting busier. I was that's working. That's good, you know. I know. That's, that's I know. good when you think about it. Just first cover painting. the materials. It's good. Um, I was giving a lot away for free at that point too. But I was working. I was studying full-time, working two jobs and painting on the side. So who was your biggest inspiration as an artist back in those days? I didn't really have anyone, hey. You didn't even look at like a Banksy or someone like that and get any get any inspiration? Not really. I kind of just had a bit of tunnel vision. I was just like trying to get better because I knew that – I knew that I was creative but I'm definitely not as imaginative and as creative as a lot of other artists. So I was just like, okay, well, I either just work at my skill and like become the best that I possibly can at that skill or I try and push something that perhaps is not going to happen yet. might not happen for another 10 years. So – I'm just sort of working with what I've got. <laughs> Are you similar to me in the way that I don't really go and listen to a lot of like a certain level of podcasts because then then I can take things into my – it's not my true authentic well, work. I think it's in your subconscious you start becoming other people. Yeah, yeah. Or you become what you think you need to. Yeah, whereas you should – where you should is you work on your craft, you know. Podcasting and art is a craft. It's very individual. It is, definitely. And you can't – I, I you can't fake that. Yeah, it's like when I when I walk in here and I see the pieces like like this Kobe Bryant here, I see every essence of your being in that painting, mm. right? And when people come and listen to this podcast, even the podcast that we're doing right now, I want them to feel the energy and feel the yeah. fact, feel the love that goes into creating this content. I yeah. want them to feel that. Yeah, and I don't think other podcasts do that. Well, it's passion. Yeah, and and not that, just doing it to tick a box. That that painting says everything about how you've de- how you've developed yourself to be able to to be able to do something like that. I mean, mm. how many hours does that paint in there take you to create? Uh, I've been chipping away at that one, probably like maybe 40 or 50 so far. Yeah, you see... It's the, not finished, actually, a disclaimer. You, 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 see, you see 40, 50 hours. I don't see that. I see the fact that you, you, started, you started really creating that when you were like six or seven. Oh, I see eight. 30 years. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's what that? people say when they're like, oh, we're paying this for this. I'm like, no, you're paying... For a lifetime to get to that, so. yeah, because yeah, and that's what a lot of people don't understand is mm-hmm. like when you find when you when you're on about going and working in something that you're passionate about, whether that be commercial real estate or business, whatever it might be, to you, whatever lights you up, whatever you want to do, it's like there's a there's a long journey, and that first part of the journey, I would say, three to five years, you have to be willing to do it without getting paid a fucking cent. I'd say five years, yeah, definitely, and that's so. I've only, what's your in the advice? last two or three years, made a very good income yeah. from my art. So what's your... And that's 10 years. So, so how... So, okay, so you're, you're advising a young man or woman wanting to, wanting to go out and pursue this, what, what truly lights them up. Even someone like me, what, what's your advice then? Patience. How, yeah? Patience, yeah. I think everything in... Everything in our generation has become so quick and accessible... And we snap our fingers and we've got the internet, we've got this, we've got the newest technology, we've got the newest clothes. But 
for anything great, I think you just need so much patience. We can't, like, we, yeah, I speak to people like, oh, I've been doing this for two years and I haven't seen anything. I'm like, mate, what are you talking about? People spend their whole lifetime working on their craft and most artists are only recognized when they're dead, you know? So I said, I think if you're not, if you don't have patience, which if you're truly passionate about it, that patience won't even be a question because you're in it for the long haul. There's no other intentions there. People who talk about money first up or, you know, question like, oh, but like, I, you know, I'm not making anything from that. I think it's like if you start it for the money, you're in it for the wrong reasons. For anyone who mentions money for me, I'm like, I don't know about you, but as an artist, you don't like, oh, I'm going to make them lots of money. So I'm going to start being an artist. Like you start it because you love it and you want to live and breathe it and it becomes your purpose and every part of like well, an obsession, it becomes an obsession. I believe that money follows your attention to exactly. the craft, your attention to yeah. the craft, not attention, your attention to the craft. Yeah. Like just work, just work on that. I mean, every, every, every bit of finesse in all these pieces of art behind us, mm. every piece of finesse, you've learned that over, over like you've made mistakes. You've had to pa- repaint over stuff. You've had, you've had times when fucking someone's come in and distract you. You've had times mm. when you got, you've had an argument with your boyfriend, you've come in and you've tried to get your creative mm. flow and you've, and you've, and you've not come for you. Yeah. No one sees all that shit no. that you go through. Or even just the piece that I did for the rock, um, that I just delivered, I didn't have much time at all and I made a huge mistake on it. I had to repaint from the neck down after I'd already painted it and I had five days to do it. <laughs> so what, how did you make a mistake? Just whether it was fatigue, uh, pressure. What was the mistake? I had made his torso and his body too short so it looks like a little, like a little... Robot man, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. which for someone of that physique is so important to get that right. How do you? How do you? When you're making them bigger than they are life size, how do you go to getting the proportion right? Um, I'm thankful that I had technology to help me out on that one. I worked with my iPad and rejigged it, and um, I guess moved limbs and moved body stance and work with that. Because uh, he wanted his energy to be felt through his stance and the power, so I had a projector that was sort of helped me with that. But I was like putting, I would basically like projected his body and then projected projected a different arm and then another arm. But I'd be able if I had more time, I would have um, gridded it up and done it like that. Yeah. But then I was like reworking it just with paint. How did you meet him in the first place, Rock? He saw me on Instagram about eight years ago. Um, I did a painting to say thank you. So, so he him. just he just random randomly shared a piece of your art uh, that I did of him. Yeah. I oh, see. So you paint you painted a picture of him in the early days, yeah, and then he for a client for for another client. And he when you tagged him, he saw it and he shared yeah. it, and then, and then you became friends. Yeah. <laughs> that just goes to show you if you use social media to to pursue your passion, mm. eventually someone is going to see. And if you you're do. yourself true to yourself yeah because I do ask I did ask him that when I first met him um (laughs) I just said I was like why me I'm like I'm not the best artist I'm not you know it's just like because you were just always smiling it's like the energy excuse my voice guys (laughs) Uh, but but people but this is what I was saying saying to you before it's like people feel it don't they they do feel Mm. it I do uh, I've started to notice it in everything I'm doing 100% and I and I said and he joked with me when I saw him last week I was like, that's probably my biggest fear is to say, is there someone to say that, like, I've changed? Because we hadn't seen each other in seven years. He's like, oh, you've changed so much, Dave. But he was joking. He's like, same, same, same. 
Yeah. Fucking great, isn't it? Yeah. Who, who else have you painted for? Uh, like. The top celebs. I gifted a piece to Steve Aoki. I saw that on Instagram, actually. The, um, the, the, board, the board ape. That was yeah, sick. He was so excited. His reaction was, I was like, priceless. I, I, I was excited when he I was, saw oh it. Oh, my God. Like, that to get, me is everything. You must have given that to him recently because he was over here playing a tour, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. And then chewing gum white because, like, I've got it attached to my teeth. Can you see it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it green, Julie? Or is it white? No, it's white. It's Mad. white. You're, you're, you're all good. <laughs> I'm going to have, like, grills. <laughs> you, 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 chew, you chew by mind. I don't usually chew chewing gum in but um, podcasts. D- yeah, no, so who else? Um, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. How did he react to his piece? Terminator. He... Uh, how do we explain it? He's a bit more old school and gracious in his approach, but he was very appreciative and he loved the piece. He, I met him in Melbourne. And he was very taken back by that piece, so I did another piece for him, uh, which was on display at his house. And it was for his charity. An auction for like thirteen thousand US. And what does that? And what does that do to you inside when you know that these these top artists in their own craft, as 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 actors, as as singers, as DJs, what what does that do to you inside when and, and your heart when you when you see people connect to your pieces that you've put so much work into? I think for me, it's become more than what I feel. For me, and I said this to Dee last week, I said, for me, this like my purpose has become showing other artists that it is possible, that anything is possible. So for me, their reaction and knowing the ripple effect that it will have on young women, young creators who have been told that they can't do it at 17 years old uh, and what that does for them that gives that them that glimmer of hope, that's what fulfills me now would you would you say we're 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 all artists then because we're all we're all creators of our own our own journey we've all got creativity in us yeah we all create our own story there's a choice because you've got you've got another business as well haven't you like a i'm sure you've got an art is it an art painting like a paint like sit and paint right and i want to talk about this right because here's the thing most people don't think they're an artist but they go to these sip and paints and some of these some of these people that have never done art surprise themselves. Surprise themselves massively. I see some of their art on the and this You're like, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, because I, I saw um, uh, Sharon Orville and Hannah Orville go yeah. to go to Sip and Paint the other week. Shout they, out to them, I love them. They're they're, not, they're great people. Right? I saw them go go to one in the Gold Coast about a couple of months back, and I couldn't believe how, how good Shaz is. Yeah. I told, I messaged yeah. her. I was like, mate, that was a, that was a good little palm tree, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, I thought. Maybe even I could do this, you know what I mean? And especially knowing, because I know that, hang on, yeah, we're, we're on, this yeah. Chewy's not doing wonders for me, but it's stopping me from coughing, so it's good. Yeah. Um, especially knowing, like, I know what the brief is at these sip and paint things, and I see, like, people go and do that, put their own spin on it, and come out with a completely different piece, and I'm like, that's, you're an artist. Everyone, as you said, everyone is an artist. I believe everyone is a creative. Everyone's creative. You know how, like, whenever I meet someone, they're like, oh, my God, your work's amazing. I can't even draw a stick figure. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm sure there's something that you can do that I can't do. How do you get people then to 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 have this positive self-talk? Because it's the negative self-talk that 
entrepreneurs have, that business owners have, that you know, that artists have, that other creators have. It's the negative self-talk that creates these walls in your mind that you can't break through because you just put a barrier there. How do you? How would you help people facilitate? Have you got any tools or methods to, to help them facilitate breaking through that? I think. For me, I'm still learning that because I there's definitely like the mind is such a powerful thing. I think the biggest thing that like my partner's a big advocate for too is like if you do get into that rut of like negative talk, um, you know, you put yourself down. I think you need to shift like or change gears and focus on something that you can control at that point. So for me, like things weren't going well in the last few months for me. I was like really down in the dumps, a bit like. Why? Lost in like the direction. I felt like I wasn't doing enough and I was trying to make this shift and this feminine shift and it just, it wasn't, a, maybe I wasn't ready. Was so it wasn't aligned. So it wasn't aligned or I was trying to push something that wasn't, you know, I wasn't ready for. So I got a bit down on myself and Luke said to me, he said, you know, D, put the energy back into yourself. So I was up at the for the gym 6am every morning and then, I mean, me and Dee spoke about this opportunity at the start of the year, but then it came to light. So as soon as I started focusing on myself, then that negative talks shifted. Obviously, I still, you know, I was going in a few little waves, but I started saying like, what you put in is what you get out. Like, just focus on yourself, focus on what you can control. Um, everything that happening, everything that's happening now serves a purpose, whether it's hard, this too shall pass. Um, and everyone's journeys, but like everything's relevant, you know. Yeah. Even if it's not a big problem for someone looking at him on the outside. For me, it was hard at that point in time. I'd be driving home crying. and But I was like, I'm going through this for a reason right now. So I just think like, yeah, if you're in that in that rut and in that negative talk, shift your gears, change something, you know, go to your gym classes, surround yourself with different people if you need to. Protect yourself. Don't see anyone if that's what you need. Protect, Don't answer your phone. Protect your energy. I was actually reading a study the other week and it's, it's probably, this is probably not something people are expecting me to drop on a podcast, but forgive me, there's, there's a method in what I'm about to say right now, so just forgive me. In your it. madness. <laughs> I was reading a study on, on how the pill affects women. Oh man, I came right? off that. Right? And, ha- and I, was, I was just amazed. At, at, like, no, well, for a start, men and women that listen to this, a woman can only get pregnant, I think, five days per month yeah. from from this from yeah. the study that I read. But the pill, and by a woman not having a cycle, mm-hmm. right? For this, I'm just reading the study right now, mm-hmm. so I, I might be wrong. You tell me, but that 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 really fucks with your mentals oh. on a different okay. on a different spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like, so the first thing I would, if I was a female and the, and and going through some some traumas and 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 stuff, or I was a man dealing with a woman that was on the pill, like the first thing. If you take her off the pill, or mm. she gets off the pill for herself, like that will just re- that will re-regulate all her hormones. Takes a while, but yes. But but yeah, it's, yeah. Obviously, 100%. is it? Am I right in saying that? So it's funny because I was on the pill for ten years, ten years, and I only came off six months ago. Fucking hell! I was nervous about but saying this. I in this podcast. literally <laughs> no, no. I think, but and it good to, on you because you're a male doing that research. I need to. I needed to understand. Basically, after I read the research, I decided that I wouldn't probably be comfortable dating a woman on the pill mm. because of the. I the date, repercussions. I, yeah, I dated women on the. I, I dated women, and I thought these are nice, beautiful women. Like, why are they? Why are they fucking crazy at, at the mm. most obnoxious things? Mm. 
And I, I think it's to do with that. Well, firstly, good on you for trying to understand, like not just saying, okay, that's just accepting, like, that's just what they like, but trying to understand the, the, the root and the causes. We'll seek to understand that. before being understood. 100%. Right? Well, ignorance is bliss. And a lot of men, you know, joke about hormones and, and like, oh my God, they're crazy. And like, you know, I'll put that in the diary at that time of month. Hormones are real. And like, I'm sorry, but they're fucking nuts like when you're going through that that and and even if you come off the pill you're still going to experience those those waves and those hormones and and I say like okay I'm not gonna but when I came off it only just occurred to me you ovulate for a week you feel like shit the week before your period you feel like shit on your period yeah one good week (laughs) think about that on a natural cycle on a natural cycle you feel great for one week so we spend however I'm not great at maths What's that, one week to two weeks a year? This is great because for any male listening to be able to understand mm. this on a, on a psychological level, yeah. it's, 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 I'm, I'm learning right now. And like we're I, working I women now. You're not just dealing yeah. with that at home. Like yeah, 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 yeah. You're dealing with work. You're dealing with the pressures. You're dealing with, you know, family, relationships, you know, or like you, you got your, your big, I, I've got this, the biggest event on the red carpet and you look like you're pregnant because you're bloated because you get your <laughs> you're due yeah. for your period you know what I mean like there's yeah, so many factors yeah, 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 yeah. and we deal with it it's fine but the fact that like a lot of men won't even try and I've never spoken about this before but not a lot of men won't even try men won't even try to understand it and yeah. I don't know the only time that um I think Luke was taking like testosterone or taking his, I don't know he was taking some sort of tablets and he was on a bit of a roller coaster, and I was like, "That's exactly what we feel like every month." Yeah, so that's um, that's that, that's like a test booster. Mm, I don't know when when, when, a, when a man boosts his test, it it downregulates his balls, and then obviously because because his balls are downregulated. I like the way you say balls. <laughs> balls. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like when yeah. when when it, when, it, when a man's downregulated there in his natural in his natural, but he, but he's now got elevated heights of of, of testosterone mm. from a synthetic. Yeah. From what I've seen in in boxing, men feel like they're flying mm. up until the point when they have to go through a pre cycle therapy. Yeah. Otherwise, they go estrogenic, yeah. and then and then they've got all other kinds of problems too. And then, how do you feel after a fight? Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, it, it, th- that's it. Like you get the ups and downs of, of a of a natural of a natural fighting cycle. Plus, plus if you've been gearing up which some lads do and, and some yeah. lads do in real life i mean like how many world gym show ponies do we yeah. all know do you know what i mean exactly. like, and they're all juiced to fuck but and that's how women feel monthly <laughs> it's, it, it's mental but i just wanted to understand it because it because if you can if you can understand the psychology of what they go through you mm-hmm. can speak to them better do you know what i mean you can understand them more but you can't, like, how can you understand how can you understand a woman better unless you know what the fuck they're going through 100 percent. yeah and, and you can and, and you can't just ask them you have to go and facilitate that study yourself you yeah. can't you can't because fucking yeah do you know what i mean like and i'm not even like i'm i'm not much of a girly girl like i'm like i'm pretty chill but there's been times where like luke will joke about something in bed and i just start crying and he's like you're right i'm like i don't know and i don't cry much at all that's yeah. hormones but it's, it's funny like but, i laugh it off because i'm like i think it's hilarious but i guarantee you any man listens to this once you understand the cycle of of on what part of the cycle your woman is in then it allows you to better communicate with her yeah. when she's in that better cycle which which then allows you more freedom in your business and your life that's why i'm talking about it because 
when you understand it, you can set yourself up to win. You, as a 100%. man, you cannot set yourself up to win with a woman if you don't know what the fuck she's going through. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's, that's and, why and, I started and it. And if, he, if he's not on like board with that, I'll just be giving him a heads up, be like, oh, a week before the period. Like, and he knows. And we'll have a little joke about it. And he might poke the bear a little bit if he wants to. But at least he knows. And there's communications there. And you're not like butting heads. You're working as a team. So he knows. So what you he, are setting yourself up for all other. He he aspects. he knows what days to stay longer in the gym because it's like it's, it's not it's, it's like not, three it's, hour sessions. I'm like, where? where? <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it's so but it's so true because everyone's like, oh, how is this relevant to business? It comes back to like if your things, if your ducks aren't in a row, in it, other it, things, in things that you can control, how are you going to approach things that you can't control? Yeah, people people would have no idea of the certain things that I study to make to make my life easier. Yeah. You have to be willing to study things you never think would be applicable to business. I guarantee you, the, the, knowing knowing that about the pill and knowing that about about women's cycles and stuff, it allows me to operate in business different. Because even when I'm having a meeting with a woman, or say an influencer's had a nude released online, mm-hmm. it's just it's like even even that you can see certain things in the conversations of what of what part of the month they potentially be on. Well, you approach just, things with empathy. Yeah, because you don't know what part, like, exactly. it, it, do, you, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it gives, it Instead gives, of being like, oh, that f- <laughs> It changes the fucking game as a man. It and it's like, it's it's hard. I've never spoken to this about a woman before and yeah. I've never spoken about this on the podcast before. Yeah. But I just thought it was No, k- kudos to you and I think a lot of females who are listening will really appreciate that and maybe even get their partners to listen because it's just that flick of a mind switch, you know, instead of being like, oh, this time of month again. Oh, how how can we change it? How can we, you know, oh, and yeah, my female colleagues, how can, oh, maybe she was a cow today for a reason. I'm not going to condemn her and not talk to her for a week because I'm just going to be like, okay, maybe she's just having a day. Move on. Did you, did you know, right, that women are more attracted to toxic men Mm. when they're on the pill? Really? Yeah. Proven in the study. Shit. I'd have to dig it out, but I'm, but that basically they, they they're they're more they're attract when when a woman's on the pill, she's more attracted to 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 more female features in guys, mm. so some more demasculated men, mm-hmm. and and then she finds herself unhappy in that situation. Yeah, interesting. So I, I just, didn't know that. That's a really interesting. Fact, it, it's just it's just like so some of the some of the toxic men or toxic relationships you had in the past mm. may have been why you were on the pill and that's what attracted you to that man. Yeah, who knows? It's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. But there, there was a relation in that to business, guys, is what I'm saying. There is, there is, I hope you, I hope you get where I was going with that. But that respect, yeah, I really but, like uh, that. But yeah, no, we had to chuck it in there. So th- the next part I wanted to touch upon is like, obviously you going into web free and, and obviously going into NFTs and, and the and the crypto space and how that's evolved with your art and how you've how you've plugged those two together. Yeah. Uh look I've been I invest started investing in crypto about five years ago. And um As in just buying the coins or Yeah, not not knowing what I was doing. It was great fun. What what were you buying back then? Uh Cardano back then. Yeah, and you kept it all sorry I'm about to choke. <coughs> Excuse me. She's a forgiver because she's been in. She's been in New York. She's been partying with the Rock. You know. This is an example. Here's where she does the mic thing again, where I have to tell her off. She's this, back. She's <laughs> back. <laughs> this is an example of that your body does need sleep. Yeah, I've been going on like two hours a night for the last two two weeks. So. Can I tell you something, right? Mm. I got I got you on the podcast today, and I got another big one as well. And I was so hyped from I slept two hours last night. 
because because I, I get so excited. Because I, yeah, I get hyped, <laughs> and also when I have a flight the next day, I'm like, I'm going to sleep properly because I might miss it. I don't know about you. Yeah, 100. Mm. I get I get hyped. I get hyped. But back to the Cardano. So yes. you bought Cardano back in what 2017? Yeah, 2018, 2017. Yeah, that was my main holding. Um, no, I've obviously bought a bit of Bitcoin. Did you keep? Did you keep it all, or did you did you sell to take some profit and find out from the ATO that, that wasn't a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that everyone's narrative at the moment? Yeah. No, yeah. I did take some profits from Cardano. Yeah, no. Because I bought it at like eleven cents, but up yeah. to four dollars at one point. And you took profit of four dollars. Yeah. Or like three or something. Not bad. That is sick. Yeah. That is sick. And that and did that allow you to facilitate this commercial property and stuff like that? Um. No, bought this before. Because that, that, that's, that's what I love. You see, you don't see many artists that have a commercial property. Mm. You own an asset. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You, it's, it's just great. Yeah. Do you, so what made you, after, after being in the crypto space for a while and obviously capitalizing on a few of the coins by getting in early, mm. what, what part of the NFT thing? Because obviously the NFTs are... I've, you've seen all my NFTs. I own yeah, quite a few of heaps. them, right? I've got shit. <laughs> Can vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, she's quite surprised. Yeah, I was like, holy... I was like, just scrolling through. <laughs> now, I've got some fucking good ones. Though. Yeah, I know. Um, women and Weapons, World of Women. Yeah. I had a mutant ape at one point, sold it too early, didn't I? Fucking mm. idiot. No. You what? did good. You did good. Yeah, I don't. I'm so upset. Hey, you can't change it. it. Don't dwell on it. I'm not dwelling on it. It's a learning lesson. He's mentioned it twice in an hour. I am upset about it. (laughs) Anyway, but, you know, what made you think then, because obviously there's a lot of scam NFTs going around as well Mm. as you know. What made you think that this is the best place to start putting my artwork? (sighs) Had I not been into crypto, I don't think I would have dabbled in NFTs so early. So my interest in the the freedom and the transactional benefits from crypto. Like I'd had people pay for prints um, and, you know, you take out that middleman, it was instant. I mean, when I did a piece for the Yankees, they sent my check in the mail and it took like two weeks. <laughs> New York Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, <laughs> Biggest I'm, corporation yeah. in the world. Like, <laughs> um, They sent you a check. Mm. Fuck, I've never even seen a check for years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So... I'd seen the the speed and how easy and workable it was to work with crypto. And so obviously when NFTs came about, I was like, okay, this is another ball game to get my head around. But um, I think people, people's, you know, $70 million, $69 million piece was people- not from the monetary value, but the impact that that had um, in the space and how many heads it turned. It obviously made me stop in my tracks as well. And I think me being a bit of like, not a guinea pig, but... I feel like I've kind of just been like, oh, I'm going to give it a shot. And if yeah. I can do it and show other few, few other people how to do it, then give it a shot. So, What I liked about NFTs for the artist was the fact that the artist gets a continuation in royalties, royalties. for the lifetime of the yeah. – for, for the full – well, forever. Like it's Which is a, unheard it's, of. It's, it's on a smart contract, isn't it? So what's your, what royalty did you put in? 20%? 10%? 10%? 10%, yeah. 10% And also the traceability of it. Like, So you can see who owns it. Yeah. Man. I've got like hundreds of artworks out there that I have no idea where they've gone. My brother went for like an inspection a couple of months ago and took a photo. He's like, this is your piece. I didn't even remember that I'd done it and have no idea who owned it. So you'd like to even – so you grid out where all your uh, NFTs are in the world mm-hmm. so you can see so – you, so you know yeah. who they are. Yeah, 100%. I love that. Like yeah. you're building a community. People have trust in you. Like it's So you have Discord. You have Discord have group. Discord, yeah, yeah Twitter. Yeah. Uh I think like that's something that 
is beautiful. Like if you have people who believe in you and your craft and your brand, why wouldn't you want to know who they are and give back to them when you can and say thank you when you can? Um, And I think galleries, like as much as they've been really supportive, a lot of artists sort of hide behind that and like it's a bit more, you know, like – here's my art, you display it. And mm. most of the time people don't even get, like collectors don't even get to have a conversation with the artist. I set up a, I set up a gallery the other day on this, I can't remember the name of the thing, but I've got my own URL now where people can go and see my NFTs display because I've bought these NFTs and I've, I've, I've got a link to my NFT gallery. In That's my, cool. In my link in my bio on my Instagram, if you want to go see it, it's at the bottom there. Go and see the Frankie Lee gallery. You, see, you, won't, see, you won't see all of my NFTs, but you'll see... Some of them, not sure displayed. they won't. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, I, that's I, really cool. I could only I could only display like sixty or some sixty sixty in the gallery. Is it a new app? Yeah, I'll show you after the podcast. Okay, I'll show not. you because mm-hmm. I think you should. I think you should have a what? I, th- I want to show you because I think you should have a. Um, I don't know if you have an NFT gallery on. No, your, not not yet. But you should have an NFT gallery, and then people should be able to somehow buy them off the internet or mm. call you to buy them. But I'll help you sort that out because there's this there's this wicked thing. It's so fucking easy. You just connect your wallet and bang. Yeah, wicked. And I'll put, a li- I'll, put I'll if I remember, guys, I'll put a link to that so you guys can put your yeah, NFTs that's in really gallery. Cool. Because at the end of the day, what's the point of having NFTs, right? Um, if you're not going to display them for someone to look at, hundred percent. I think. Um we're still working through that on like how, how that looks, but there's a lot of like new digital frames that are coming up as well, which is exciting. Which, I think the, the reason I bought some of the NFTs that I bought, like the world of women, the women mm. and weapons is one, I'm big on, I believe the fastest growing space in, in that NFT art, just the NFT art element mm. is going to be like the female space. Yeah. So that's why I thought, you know what, first to market female project was World of Women. So I invested in that, Women and Weapons, good project. Yep. I just want to invest in good, I've just invested mainly in good female projects yeah. because I see there's, when more women come into the space with yeah. people like you, getting more and more women in the space, yeah. I just see that the these these first to market pieces that are good quality art with mm-hmm. good quality communities with like Reese Weatherspoon in, what will happen is I will be able to rent that NFT to a digital art gallery in the metaverse yeah. and they'll 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 pay me royalty because they'll be mm-hmm. showing it in their art gallery. Mm-hmm. It sounds weird. I know. Did you get commercial rights with the World of Women? Yeah. Yeah. That's I've got, awesome. I've got I've got full commercial rights awesome. and uh prints and everything. Epic. So so full intellectual property rights and that's another thing you see i i have a vision for some of these nfts that when the podcast gets big enough they'll be on some of the commercial assets of the podcast that will share so the community can share in that Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean not 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 as in they won't say like we released a shirt and you say like i wanted a picture of like a say i wanted a picture of a man and a woman it's like i'll put one of the men's selection on and i'll put one of the world of women on there yeah i mean yeah well because you're like extending the lifeline of that like it's like you're repurposing the artwork it's It's awesome i'm big i'm big the most the most profitable business to be in other than subscription businesses are intellectual property businesses um and obviously you are in the intellectual property business Mm. you're in the art world you're doing what you're passionate about but you are in the intellectual property business that's what you're in yeah so how do you think now now that you're in the intellectual property business like how do you think that's changed the the game for you like what do you see as your as your north star now like is your north star creating another collection of nfts or, or do you want to build a big project or do you want to just keep doing limited drops or what's what's your vision for it well 
I'll, I'll touch on like the IP part because I think this is where other artists need to learn as well. Um, it's made me realise that, okay, yep, you create this piece of artwork which has your name and your brand attached to it and people can't just take that and show it for as long as they want unless you've got the commercial rights like you do. Yeah, because it's but in say, the For example, contract. when I work with a brand – they, there's usage rights and they pay for usage rights on top of what I'm getting paid for the artwork. Yeah. And they have a time limit for that. If they want to extend that, they pay more. So this is where artists need to start realising or, or seeing the value in themselves and their brand. So that's for starters. So that's opened my eyes to that. And you know, I was even on a conversation, which I've done a lot of pro bono things for a new space because I feel like we need to onboard more people and I know that that's the work that we've got to do. But I've had a few big brands come to me and say, oh, you know, can you do these NFTs and then we want you to promote it and there's like no payment involved. And I'm like, cool, so where are you promoting this? And like, oh, we want to roll it. Like it's, it's not going to be promoted. And I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do with it? Oh, we're going to roll it across our global channels. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to use my name to roll it across your global channels monetize whatever you're going to monetize on your end, but I'm not going to get paid anything. Yeah, and they think they and they and think as a brand that they're giving you an opportunity. Exactly. But what and they don't realize is they should be paying because they're using your name. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of artists will get pulled into the fact of, of because they're like, oh, you, you know, exposure, exposure, yeah. but exposure doesn't yeah. pay for the lighting in this commercial no. property that we're no. saying right now. Exactly. Yeah. You know? So, so touching, that's a great thing that you touched on and that was relevant to what you were asking, but that's opened my eyes and I'm still learning that and putting my foot down because um, I want to change the narrative for artists doing that too. So there's, so there's a middle ground here mm-hmm. of what you're saying. There's like, I believe that some people monetize too soon. Mm-hmm. Right, you with the reps that you've done in your life are at the are at the age where monetization is is a completely viable option and mm-hmm. completely the right thing to do in your essence. I've had many opportunities to monetize this podcast mm-hmm. for sizable lumps of cash. Yeah, to go exclusive on certain platforms that I won't mention on here and other stuff like this. And the reason I don't do it is because the longer you can delay the ask. The, the the better it is on the on the back end anyway. Yeah. And it's just not the right it's just not the right play, you know, for for me as a as a creator a two and a half, three year point. And yeah. I th- I think you should you, there's that that you have to find in whatever you're doing, whatever business you're in, that the the right time to monetize. Yes. It's not always the right Definitely. time it's not always the right time to to start day one. And pe- and I know some people in business are not going to understand what I just said there, but like the longer the longer the, it's more valuable the longer you can delay the yeah, decision. Definitely, you know yeah. what I mean. Just keep kicking yeah. that can down the road until it gets to a point where you've got something big enough to be worthy to monetize definitely. in the right thing. Yeah. And it's about knowing what to say no to too. Exactly. Yes. I mean, yeah. how many? Let me ask you this: How many opportunities that could where you could have bagged some serious money have you said no to for your career? Lots, countless. And what? And if you were just to roughly total up how much you'd hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? I, I, I'm in the and same. And I'm not room. sitting here rolling in it now. No, but, but you there's p- been things dangled, and it doesn't align with me or my vision, or I've been underappreciated. So I will my dignity. And this comes back to what you yeah. said before. It's about. As a man, as a woman, you have to know your self-worth. Yeah. And when you know your self-worth, you don't have to fuck with things mm-hmm. that don't, you don't, you don't mm-hmm. fuck with yourself. 
you know, yeah. and, and you can say you can say no. Yeah. Because the most powerful word is no. Yeah. Because and if you don't do that, you are slowly killing that passion within. And what you know, because I've there was a big project that I walked away from last year, and it'd been a hard after COVID. It was like an eighty thousand dollar project, and that particular client didn't treat me or my team with respect. It was very poor behaviour. And I walked away. Yeah. I feel, I feel you because... And my friends were like, oh my God, it's if you... And I'm like, nah, we'll not do it. I've got nothing in my business account right now, but that $80,000 there, like compared to the, the passion that it would have like killed for me to go and gift, gift my craft to someone who didn't appreciate or value me for the long term would not have been worth it. Because you, you, because when you, every time you do that, you sell a piece of your soul, mm. and when you sell a piece of your soul, you, you rem, you're removing you're you're removing yourself further and further away from your north star, which is what you, which is what lights you up. Yeah, which one thing I'll say there is your gut instinct is is a great thing. Yeah, and, and if you feel that little thing in your stomach that flips upside down and does a little backflip, listen to it. Yeah, it's 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 so true because you always in your heart of hearts know what is true for you. Yeah, exactly. And if it's not a fuck yes, it's a no. And it's generally it's not an easy thing to say no. I've had to call friends and say, "Hey, I didn't like your approach. I'm not doing this for you." Give me an example of without don't have to name anybody, but give me an example of a, of an approach you don't like. I'll give you. I'll give you a black and white. <laughs> we've got the most famous and one of the most respected men in the world, sorry to use the rock again, who um, asked me to do this piece for him and his approach was so gracious. For someone who anyone would drop their drop their shit for him, yeah. came to me and said, D, I love and respect your talent. Only do this if you can. Only if you have the capacity to. I would love for you to do it, but if you can't, that's okay. Like, I know how much time, I know how I know you work your ass off. You're such a hard worker. I know how much you're going to put into this. So just let me know what your bandwidth is. And if you can do it, amazing. If not, it is what it is. I've got someone who I've known for a, a while who came to me and said, this is what you're going to do for me. This is how it's going to go. You're going to post this. You're going to do this. There was no asking. There was no can you or do you want to. It was telling me what I was going to do. And and then telling you what price you're going to do it for as well. No, no, there was no payment. Mm. No payment. And is this, someone, <laughs> is this someone who you considered a friend? Yes. Yeah. So had it not been a friend, I wouldn't have approached the situation. But because I had somewhat respect for them, I when I had the capacity to, I was not in a good mental frame of mind, so I didn't deal with it at that time. I waited until I got my head right, got on the phone, had a conversation and said, I won't be doing this for you. I said, this is not how I work. This doesn't align with me. Um, and I just want to give you the heads up because if you approach business like this, you're not going to get far at all. But what a powerful lesson for that man, mm. or, man or woman to have. Man. I think if I was a man, I wouldn't have been spoken to like that. And that's another thing. Well, that's what um, Alessandra, she works with me. She's like, I learned so much from you and how you approach things. You're like, you're always kind. 
Like you're never rude. She's like, I learn so much from how you deal with things. And I think that's huge for her as another female to learn that. But she said to me when we finished in that situation, she said, if you're a guy, you wouldn't have been spoken to like that. And I approached it graciously too. I said, look, I know that you didn't mean anything bad from it. I know there was no hard feelings there. I'm like, but this is how I felt. And I think that's a key thing to take from when you're approaching any situation in relationships, in family things. You, you Don't approach it. You did this. You did this. You did this. This is what happened. This is how I felt. I know that you didn't potentially mean to make me feel like this, but this is how it was received on my end. Yeah, I love that. And I'm, I'm thinking on how many times, you know, in life things are perhaps maybe – said in business by men and it all comes down to that maybe not knowing what time what type what day of the month it is maybe not circling back on that (laughs) yeah but on the other side of that i'm like you know has that has has that man that messaged you had an argument with his wife in the morning hit his toe on the side of the bed on the way to the bathroom gone crashed his car Mm. and then sent you an email telling you about this artwork do you know Mm. what i'm saying yeah So, so, so i have so I have a bit of a, a, a not saying it's right. No, just like I'm trying to. Th- I'm the way I look at things now in life is yeah. I always try and think, oh fuck, right, okay, what's this person going exactly. through? Yeah, because that's not congruent to no. how I know that person. No, no, and th- I think that's why it's so important to to not act with extreme emotion. So at that time that it happened, I could have gotten on the phone and be like, ah, like this is how I feel. But I sat on it for a week and a half. And yeah, and, and sure enough, like he he was sleep deprived and very excited and, you know, wanted to get his message across. So that, you know, that's... I think the one thing men struggle with, and it's because of the kind of content that's going online at the minute, is the difference between an alpha male mm. and an obnoxious male, mm. right? And what I mean by that is an, a, a true a true alpha male in the in the true essence is a gentleman. Yeah. In the way he approaches life. Yes. In the way he conducts himself, not obnoxious. Mm. But online, TikTok places like that mm. men are getting slapped all the time with this obnoxious behavior yeah and they can perhaps take it on mm. but the best business is done by gentlemen 100%. the best money is made by gentlemen yeah the best entrepreneurs i know that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars that i speak to are gentlemen yeah right and the way that they conduct themselves is accordingly and it's just it's just that's that's the essence where where there's a little bit lost in translation exactly. from the male point of view yeah but again i want to say this it's not. It's not just their fault. No. It's. It's as as we've gone through society and as society's evolving and these social platforms are yeah. evolving, men are going through a fucking difficult time right mm. now because they're getting slapped all over the shop saying they're misogynists and this yeah. that, and the other, right? Yeah. Well, things are taken and like changed and yeah. And and it's not. It's not even misogyny. No. Like in a lot of cases, it's like what's what's your what's your opinion on 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 this. Um, like the Andrew Tates on the on the on the way that social media because I think Andrew Tate even in in his own right has been taken completely out of context as well in a yeah. lot of areas. What's your what's your opinion on all that? Because like to be honest with you, I didn't even look into like what he was saying or <laughs> I heard about it. Um, 
I think that the media, whenever I see something like that, I honestly just take a, a grain of salt with a grain of salt, and I make my for my own opinions. I don't listen to what or like a, a seven. You don't listen. To I don't listen to a seven second snippet and make a judgment on that person because I'm sure I've said things in seconds, seven seconds that people could think I'm an absolute prick. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah, I like, I like, I like what you just dropped there. Then that's is that that's exactly. What I'd expect from someone like yourself yeah. do, doing what you're doing, it's like you're not forming a judgment on someone no. on something from a from a from a piece of content that's seven seconds long. But even if even if I perhaps don't vibe with someone or I don't like their character, I will still find something that that I see a value in them. Um, you know, you hear people say, "Oh, I hate this person," or "I hate that person." I said, "Oh, but look what they've done. That's good." Take that from it. You don't have to love every part of them. I'm sure everyone doesn't love every part of me. I do everyone's head in. <laughs> but like shift that shift that mindset, you know? Like it's you're not everyone's perfect. So Well, when you carry judge when you carry a judgment to someone else in your life, mm. that is a reflection of how you feel internally. Or your limitations. But it, but it definitely shows you something about yourself. 100%. So whatever judgment you have, mm. I don't like this type of person. Mm. I don't like this. Okay. That's a real good thing then because what that allows you to do is it allows you to look at that look look at that and mm. see what part of yourself from that situation you don't like about yourself. It's triggered. And then you can go and fix that shit up. Whether, yeah. whether, whether you're male or female, it all that, that, that energy, that currency all operates the same 100%. way. It shows you everything you need to know about mm. yourself. But you've got to be willing to look at all the shadows. Yeah. Because the whole point in life, in my opinion, is to go, you go through life to look at all your shadows and fix that shit up. Yeah, and, and they're never know. ending. They're not going to, like, yeah. it's just going to change. Yeah, like, like, and there'll be more. It's, it's going to be constantly evolving. I yeah. mean, what are some of the shadows right now that you're looking at to try and get better at? Um, From a business and a personal perspective. What, um, where, where, could, where could you be stronger? Oh, so many. <laughs> uh let, not letting go of control because I think control um, is needed because like control comes like dedication and passion and you want to be across everything but not getting caught up in, in things and, and trusting in other people's ability to execute. Um, so definitely building trust in people. Um, I try to do a million things at once. And I say to other people, I'm like, do one thing and do it well. And then I'm trying to juggle like way too many things. So I think knowing your limits and your capacity and being able to do whatever you're doing well and not trying to overextend yourself. Is it kind of, is it kind of, because obviously you've got a team now. Right? Yes. How many, how many have you got in your team now? Um, like permanent, um, day to day two, like three. Including, uh, and my all, dad, all, so four, sorry. All, so so other than your dad, they're all females? Yep, two females. Do, do you find that dynamic, being being women working together, works better? Than, Love it. Yeah. yeah. And obviously your, your dad just has, he just does his own thing, right? Yeah, he's never doubted me, so yeah. So he's just there as a supportive. Do you mm-hmm. think that, do you think it would be hard to have the same flow if there was a male in the environment that no. wasn't your dad? No. Not at all? No. Because oh, my my NFT team's a male, so and I work with a lot of men um, on sites and building sites and things like that. So does it? Is it? But on the same token, just a different it, energy. What's what's the dynamic like when it's just an all female team? Um, 
it's like very nurturing. Very like understanding, very like um, close and you sort of like, you know, if I deal with like male team, it's a bit more like it's logical. banter. It's logical, like, logical you know, banter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas a female, it's a bit more like you go through, you, you kind of know everything that's going on in your life at that point in time and then there's understanding, which was interesting because you're saying, you know, we need to understand like what's going on and, and to the root of it, whereas men are kind of like, get shit done. Yeah, you see, because yeah. because I'm obviously as a man, I'm logical and I want to get shit done, and I mm. have I have a north star goal that I want to go with this podcast and where I want to take it, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna get there. But it's just like when I'm, I've obviously have like a female graphic designer, and like say she does something, and I see it's like it's wrong in my mind. Whereas before, I would have just gone, "That's fucking wrong," and like yeah, like, you like the male way. How do you approach it now? I'm like, okay, like, how I the way I approach it is simply this: How could I have communicated that better f- from my end? Yeah, because obviously, there's nothing wrong with the design. The design's not what I perceive the something design should look like. But something's been lost in the translation between there and here, mm-hmm. and that's my fault. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because it's my initial communication. Yeah, and my job on this planet with this podcast is to be a fucking phenomenal communicator, yeah. right? And to get better at it, whether yeah. it's talking to a female. So instead or talking, of blaming her, you're like, so, okay, so, what have so, I done? That's so, not- so it's all self-reflection. Mm. So that's one thing that I used to be really bad at. If something was going, I'm like, oh, like, you know, oh, my dad didn't do this. So it's his fault. Or like, oh, you know, I spilled a bucket of paint in the middle of the road. It's his fault. But, you know, or this happened with my crypto and I didn't leave my account early enough. It's everything comes back to you. Like you can victim that's, like that's mentality. How, that's how you free yourself. Yeah. So now I'm like, nah, like in my head, I literally say in my head, I'm like, don't you go blaming anyone else for this. The only person responsible is you. So that is something that I'm working on. And, you know, you'd get on this tangent. Like once you start blaming people, you just like that negative energy is just like, it's, you've really, really well, it, it, toxic. But if you can break out of that, It'll change the light and it changes your mindset straight away. So I I, I am so free in my mind mm. since I, since since I, since that. yeah since I got rid of blame and all this culture and mm. I have a um I have a, a thing written on my window I I have a th- I have a, an apartment very high up apartment in the Gold Coast looks over the hinterland and on the window I wrote this all of life comes to me with ease 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 joy and glory. Say that again. All of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory. Yeah, that's beautiful. And when I say it in the morning to myself, when I say all of life comes to me with ease, joy, and glory, it fucking does. Mm. Nothing has to be hard. No. You choose to you make choose. things. You choose hard. Yeah. Hard is a hard is a choice, and yeah. hard is a mindset. And yeah. you don't. There's a lot of people out there that that talk into this fucking hard, this hard, that, and this that. Very, it's very, mm. it's very. Um, it, it just. Just think for yourself, man. Like, mm. do you do, does ev- does everything really fucking need to be this hard? Mm. I remember reading a post from an entrepreneur called Alex Becker mm-hmm. talking about growing his business, right? And he and he was saying that the, the premise of the post was he was saying about how, how he grew his business and how it and when he had just literally focused on his passion and what could make money and put it together and just mm-hmm. focused on that one thing and removed all the others, all the other distractions. He said it was amazing how easy it was to grow his business. Mm. 
well, isn't that funny, isn't it? We're told it has to be fucking hard. Yeah. It doesn't have to be hard. Everything you're doing, I just see, a, when I come in here, when I walk in here, it's like even when you walked out of the car earlier, I see a woman in complete flow state. Yeah. You're completely flowing. Your flow, blah, 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 blah. It's just like your paintings, you're here, you're there, you're New York, mm. you're there. <laughs> and it might seem like chaos in your life, mm. but when I see the purpose that you do it with from the outside, yeah. it's, it's all flow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I thought that was a, f- I thought that was a beautiful thing that, no, that you, you get to, do you get to do this and showcase the pieces? And I want to, I want you to talk into just like, what have you done with these, like the Muhammad Ali, the biggie? Have you sold them as, as individual pieces or have you sold them and then you still retain the rights for the prints or how does all that work? So it's a little bit harder because they're obviously, um, they're celebrities. So um, I don't actually know where, like our copyright laws are really different in Australia, but I do sell them as prints um, and it's like considered fan art, I guess. So that's actually a mural, that one, at a gym and it'll turn into a print. Is that that gym in Melbourne? Mm. That one called? Training Day. Ah, there's another gym that has some wicked murals on as well. In the, the, sorry, I'll have to Crew? Yeah, crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah, did you paint that? Yeah, yeah. Sick. Because yeah. that's got Mike Tyson on the wall, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Mike Tyson. Did you and do that? Kylie Jenner. That was me. Did you do that? Yeah. That's sick. <laughs> see, that's the gym I've seen. Yeah, I yeah, didn't know yeah. you'd done that. I yeah, did yeah. not have a fucking clue. That's that sick. How sick is that? Yeah. Did you do the Rocket World Gym in 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 the Gold Coast? No, I think it was was that Maddie, Matt, Matt, Matt. I think maybe. Uh, there's not. There's, I don't, is is there many of you at that skill level in art that can do that kind of stuff? Yeah, there's heaps. Really. Yeah. So how have you grown your following by such a large amount compared to other artists? Uh, I think uh, storytelling through painting people that people can relate to and recognise. So, so when you say storytelling, you're showing the art as it's coming from its, from its white canvas right the way through its painting. Yeah, and we're celebrating people's stories and people's lives that have made an impact for, you know, Years and years, like, and will for many years to come. I've seen, I, I know there's a, I, I know, I think I'm looking at a picture of Mother Teresa. I think mm-hmm. I'm looking at Amy Winehouse. We've got, we've got the, we've got Biggie Smalls, we've got Kobe, we've got, we've got obviously the, the Rock and Muhammad Ali. And who else we got here? Is that Angelina Jolie behind yeah. me? Do, is there a common, a commonality between all these people? That, are these all people that you've, you've found inspiration within yourself? So, the Luminary Collection, I basically wanted to highlight uh, people who have faced adversity and abuse and have still gone on, as you said, like, you know, life's hard, but like, you look at what some of these people have gone through and gone on to achieve, that's what I wanted to highlight in that collection. And and that's connected to your childhood and everything that you've Mm. gone through, right? Yeah. Yeah, I see that. So there was 11 pieces. Um, I want it to be culturally inclusive and basically everyone who looks at the collection could connect to at least one person. And then I used animation to extend that story as well and tell that story. And I think, you know, for like people, as we talk about limitations, people are like, oh, why would you include Angelina Jolie? Like she's like the biggest silent achiever. I know how much she's done for, you know, orphanages, um, displaced children. You know, you know when you war torn countries, it's insane. You know when you've painted this one of Kobe, Mm. 
you painted this after his death, yeah? Yeah. So, I'm hazarding a guess that you were going through some form of pain yourself when you painted that. So, what's really funny is this client actually has another original, shout out to Reza, um, he has a messy, Lionel Messi piece, and he asked me to do this just after he passed away. And I had another one that I have completed since he's passed away, and it took me forever. It took me forever. I just struggled. I just didn't feel like I've had people ask me to do murals, and I've said no. Um, I I don't know. I just I, I still couldn't. I can't believe like what happened. You know, it's just. Um, and I think it's a good reminder, like, no matter who you are, anything can happen. Life can be cut short really quickly. So I, I, I really struggled to do that other piece. Um, turned out to be a really beautiful piece. It's actually in the UK. Uh, Lloyd, um, one of my collectors, has it. But 18, more than 18 months, it's taken me to sort of start this. Is that is 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 that then a reflection of how you felt? In yeah, the definitely. Definitely. I so didn't want to rush it. So what were you battling? Oh, I just had this roadblock. I'm just like, oh, I just don't know how what, I can what, paint what him. What was the roadblock? I think, yeah, I, I don't know. You do know. You do. Well, generally, there's time between, like, you know, someone's death and then you're sort of celebrating. But, like, is it too soon to celebrate and, like, honour these people on canvas and monetize as well? As Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, there's that... Is that, there's a, you're thinking about oh, heaps the, of things the, that run the, through the your ethical, mind. The ethical, yeah, the ethical definitely. part. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John, for example, I painted her before she passed away. And I said to my family, I was like, I don't think she's got much longer. That's, yeah, mm. fucking hell. And no one really knew that she was at the end of her journey. It's, it's amazing how art carries so much feeling. Mm. and And, you know... Even when I walked in here earlier and I saw that piece, I was taken by mm. it. Do, do you remember when I, yeah, when I walked like, in? Oh I, was, I, was, I was like, oh my God, Dad. Yeah. Because there's something very... Well, he spe- gave me full freedom as well. Like, just do, do whatever you feel. Yeah. And 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 didn't you take that to town? Um, this is why, guys, you should 100% watch this on YouTube to, to see this art in its full, its full glory. And obviously... Yeah, fuck, that's going to look phenomenal on someone's wall. I can't wait to finish it. You must be so, you, you've got to be sitting there so proud of yourself for everything that you're achieving right now in your life. The fact that, you know, I mean, let's let's just give some dollar figures for people. I mean, that, that you know, you said like that, that those prints there are like five, or the original painting was like 5K, wasn't it? Or? Um, that one's about five grand. Um, my murals generally start from like 10,000. And, and I think you're too cheap. To be honest, for for the amount of work that goes in for the talent, you know what you say though. Like you mentioned it before, like that time in your journey when you start to monetize things. Yeah, you know, I don't. But you, but yeah. you, but you are because monet- I've sort of like have worked my way up there. I haven't just gone, you know, and know, I'm, I'm comfortable I, I, with that. I know, but the, but you've worked long enough and hard enough to value yourself at more than five thousand for that for the amount mm. of time that you've put into that. Because I know I know how much time's gone into that. Yeah. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Generally, yes. You, but 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 I do but I do see the power in the fact I do see the power in the fact of like you as a woman mm. have gone through your life, you've learned the art of painting and and to how to and how to take your thoughts and make them into a reality on a canvas, and now you have the ability to not only sell 
pieces for five thousand dollars, which mm. is phenomenal because like you only have to sell one piece a week to make a very great living here. Mm, and then you have the NFTs, and you're employing other women, and you're empowering other women in the space, yeah. and like there's a whole there's a whole dynamic of things that are happening within within this just this this one there's art. There's so much more than just selling a piece yeah, yeah, for yeah, five yeah. grand. Yeah. Yeah. But the whole but yeah, like it's 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 fucking phenomenal. I just think yeah. as we say, like we you know it'll come, it'll follow. You don't, you don't focus on that at that point in time. Obviously, yeah. I need to, you know, pay the bills and pay my employees. And stuff. No, but hope. I'm, no, I'm hoping that some of the um, the multi multi millionaires that listen to this podcast will will grab a piece from the link underneath this. Um, Thank you. Or or click your link to you go to your Instagram and grab a piece because I think some of these would look phenomenal in their work. I just want to. Uh, I want to thank you for being so open and vulnerable in places and willing to talk to me about things that, yeah. I, prob- I, that I probably didn't even know I could talk about. On uh, the well, I, as I said, kudos to you too, because it starts at a conversation. So, you know, I just, uh, as, as I say, I don't know if you say it too, if you impact like, a, you know, a handful of people, then I just, I, I just think there's certain things in life that us as men are taught not to look at, but if we look to them, they make our life a lot easier. 100%. And, um, you can work at a, a team with each other, not against each other. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of people listening to this that have girlfriends that 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 and the the guys don't know. They no. just don't not no. not through their own fault. They just don't know. Yeah. Um, because we're not taught that stuff. I think if we can raise a little bit of awareness to it, it'll just make their. I just yeah. want to. I want to make their lives easier. So they or can, just close that gap. A bit. So they can go make more money. So they can go and have a better life. Yeah. And that that. That piece right there, understanding that psychology yeah. and how that works, and just the, changed the and game. And the flow state that you talk about too. Flow state that you talk about too. <laughs> <laughs> she loves moving that mic. No, I'm sorry. But but yeah, no, I uh, I just want to say I appreciate you. If there was um, one piece of advice, if you had to check out the world tomorrow, obviously I know, you, and you weren't leaving your art, you weren't leaving any other any other anything else in the world, <laughs> but you just had to leave a piece of golden pearl of wisdom that, that you've learned from your years on the planet so far, what would that piece of advice be for everyone to allow them more freedom and everything else in their life? I have it tattooed down my leg. Um, without discipline, there's no freedom. So I think finding a discipline and in within your passion and then finding, a, I think, which then in turn leads to your purpose and then once you've found that purpose to gift it back to people, I think you'll live a more, you know, you don't want to be 80 and look back and think, what could I have done to have had a different narrative and a different story? I love it. Yeah. I love it. Powerful. Powerful. Without discipline. There's no freedom. I love it. Guys, without discipline, there's no freedom. I, hope- I have to do a quote that I did... Like that's a, a refined version of an artist that I spoke to 10 years ago when I started my journey. Petros is a sculpture artist, Australian sculpture artist. And and they inspired you to keep going at a time when you Definitely. probably probably weren't were maybe close to quitting. Oh, I still have my days where I want to quit. <laughs> you're not, you're not. We're not, we're never not quitting, we're, though. <laughs> we're, not, we're, not letting, we're not letting a quit. Absolutely but, not, though. I would never Danielle is a is an inspiring young woman. I think you should all go and follow her on Instagram, follow her socials, follow her art journey. Go and look at some of the amazing pieces she's done. I um I honestly couldn't think of a better woman to come back to 
you know, coming back to podcast with a woman again. Oh, thank you. Do you know what I mean? I really appreciate. I really no, appreciate. I, appreciate, I that. really appreciate you being a good soul and uh, having me here and everything like that. But guys, do me a solid favor. Yeah, subscribe on every platform. Um, share this content, man. If it resonates with you, just share it on on whatever social platforms and that it all helps obviously i think you can feel in my voice and hopefully you can feel it too that that i fucking love this on a different level of being and it and it allows me a uh yeah i just can't describe the feeling to it to be honest with you it just means a lot more than just a generic podcast that you see in this country or any other country so do me a solid much love i hope this adds value to you and i'll speak to you soon peace out thank you don't forget to subscribe to the frankie lee podcast